been in this thing called grit. And uh, last week, Pastor Josh and I um, just unfolded some stuff. It was so good. And I had to go back and re-listen to it myself. Because uh, half the time when we're writing and doing stuff, we don't even know sometimes what we're even saying. Uh, God just like opens things up and we have the notes and stuff, but sometimes I have to re go back and take notes again. And I was like, I didn't even know I said that. That's weird. Um, but it's all there for you to do and we're, we're thankful for it. But we were in, uh, to have grit, you have to have one of these characteristics and it's stamina. Yeah. And stamina is a challenge. Uh, the word's a challenge. To live it is a challenge. And I want to do a part two to this. I really, um, I wrote everything I wrote for this I was going to do last week, and God rearranged the whole thing for me, and I had to hit the brakes, and God rearranged it, and what we spoke is what God gave me for that moment, and he was like, you need to go back and do this now. Um, I don't know about you, but has anybody been tested to have stamina this week? Anybody? Had some tests in their life? I'll tell you a quick one real quick, and I can't be long because i got to give you the word. I can't help to talk about it. Uh, last Tuesday, we had a dramatic thing happen in my family. Uh, probably saw it on the news, uh, whether I wanted it to be on there or not, it was on there. But my daughter had a severe accident on a four-wheeler, hit her head on a tree and threw her body, and uh, it really did a number on her. And uh, thankful that she's in the room. Thankful she's alive. And so, it was, it was a bad thing. You know, you get some four-wheelers and you just have this idea of just like enjoying and cruising around. Can't go places. Um, so we just enjoy just hanging out and stuff. Well, she got in a rut and a rut. You know, when you get in a rut, you just got to keep following it. Anybody hearing me? Yeah. Let me say that one more time so it can set your spirit. When you get in a rut, you just got to keep following it through. Don't try to push yourself out because you're going to make it worse than what, it, what it's going to be. And what she was trying to do is overtake the, the rut was overtaking to go around, but she tried to, it got shaky instead of just letting it flow through, she went a different direction. Now we had people praying and um, just the back history of my, my daughter, she struggled with a lot of things with her bones and a lot of uh, stuff. She has broken 12 bones in a small time, something with her bones in her, in, um, what, it, what it's getting to her bones and stuff that causes it to be brittle and stuff like that. But we serve a God that's bigger than that. And so, so we knew that there was a dramatic thing happening back here. It was right here, back at the church. Uh, we knew something was wrong. She hit her head, she hit her pelvis, she hit her hip, she hit her leg, everything. We knew there was gonna be multiple breaks. Uh, long story short, power of prayer, um, all she did was sprain herself and have some bruising, some pretty good bruising, but there was not one break in her body. And so I have to tell you because that's not supposed to happen. She's supposed to be broken. Because the doctor came out and said, listen, we can't explain it, but there's not even a, a hairline fracture. And then they, we took her to right because it was, there, was in, there was bleeding inside. And there was all kinds of, I mean, this was for real. They ran all the tests again and said, we just can't explain it, but there's nothing. All you've done is sprain yourself. But we know a God that's bigger than that. We serve a God that's greater than that. Because of her history, it, it was expected to break. We, we would have had a funeral here. 
Even though she had her helmet on and hit her head because of her bone issue, she could have snapped her neck. But I'll, can I say to you too, just like I said it to my daughter, you were not your history. You were not what, what, it, what it was in the past. Just because it says it, we, we, we think it. You're not that. We're what God called us to be. We're what God called us to be. So stamina in my life, personally, yeah. We had to fight through it. Because if I didn't have an anchor in my soul, I would have lost myself. Because of that. So I want to I open up with that. Because I'm telling you, you are not your past. You are not what the history says. You are not what, what the, the doctor labeled you as. Because that's, that's the reality. That's what we expected. I, I in myself thought, okay, she's broken a few bones, but we just got to pray. I don't know if it's the hip, the back, the lower back. She's already cracked. Her, she's already broke her back twice in two spots. But I told her after this was done, you're not broken. God's healed you. You're not that girl anymore. God's healed you. So, hey, I love you, honey. And you can, you can get, you are a encouragement to me. You, you have a lot of, uh, you're so brave and you have so much determination to get through anything. And, uh, and you're stronger than a lot of adults. I'm just saying that. And I'm thankful for you. So I love you. Um, she's, it, it's amazing what, what God can turn for his glory. But listen, if you do not hold on to who he is, the first thing, the first sight of something crazy, you will fall apart and forget about anything God has done. Forget about any of the word that he's given you. Forget about all his promises. And you just go somewhere else. You won't have the stamina in your life. Let me read this real quick. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, amen to that, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before you, the joy set before you. Pastor Josh was talking about that, that like there was a joy to die. The joy set before him was you. To endure the cross. Despising the shame. And is seated at the right hand of the Father. The throne of God. Consider him who endured from sins. Such hostility against himself. So that you may not grow weary and faint hearted. Wow. He did that so you will not grow weary and faint hearted. I wanted to get into this real quick. I know you got a lot on your schedule today. I know there's a lot going on. But I'll tell you this. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we'll be glad in it today. Everything else is going to fall in order. We're going to celebrate. We're going to eat. We're going to have a good weekend. All the above. But reality is, what's God trying to say today? What's God trying to say with your life and stamina? What's He trying to say? Thankful for all these young adults and People up in the front, I love it. And all the teenagers in there, I love this house, man. It's just full of life. All the little kids and young adults and adults. And it, it, it just, it's a healthy church. It's just full of people. Thank you. See, it doesn't say to run with joy. It doesn't even say to run your race with peace. It doesn't even say to run your race with hope. It says run with endurance. The word endurance in the Greek means to bear up under. To bear up under the weight of. To bear up under the weight of. And the craziest thing is that is an interesting word for 2021. Stamina. It doesn't make sense for the time we're in. 
What does stamina do? Endurance and strength to keep going even when tired. I don't know about you, but have you, have you been spiritually tired? Have you been physically tired? Are you wore out with trying to fix your situations? We have those moments. We have another moment. Just like what happened with me earlier this week. Set things up, getting ready for the, the, the week, and all of a sudden, something happens. All of a sudden, we feel like it's a set, setback. But in the end, it became a setup to display God's glory and His, His healing power to Riley Hospital, to Union Hospital, to the nurses and the doctors and ourselves. It's an interesting word to use in 2021, stamina, when nobody wants to use it. Because the reality is we don't want to bear up under anything. If we think it's going to give us any pain, we, we want to call it the devil. If there's pain involved, it's always the enemy. If it's in our personal life that we think that we're experiencing pretty much extreme hardship, and if there's hardship involved, we think that we're out of the will of God. This is, a, this is the hardest thing I've ever, I must be out of the will of God. I must be doing something else. And then what? We're striving for His presence. We feel like we're in shame. We're, we're in this, we put ourselves in a different position. We think that the devil's behind pain involved. We think that hardship is, is always the enemy. We don't want to wait for anything. We think patience is a cuss word. Let me say that one more time. We think patience is a cuss word. Wait for nothing. We can't wait. We can't wait in line for anything. We're in the age of apps. Can you, anybody go back a few to remember when they actually first came out? When they were trying to introduce it? When the phone didn't have a button and you touched the screen and it was like, what is an app? An application. What is that? We're in an age of apps. You ain't even got to wait in line to get your food anymore. You can use your app and go in and pick it up now. Right, Kavaris? Kavaris knows he's the one picking up your food. <laughs> That's why he's driving a Tesla. Y'all are crazy people. <laughs> I'll spend your money. Go ahead. Hit that. Pick it up. You ain't even got to wait in line for your drink when Starbucks is forever long or Dunkin' Donuts is forever long. You can go ahead and order it. As you leave church today, get your phones out, get it ordered, and pick it up on your way home. You don't have to wait for anything. There is no patience at all in apps. You don't even have to wait long. I'm going to get me an Uber. An Uber? Do you realize Uber wasn't even a word a couple years ago? It wasn't even in the dictionary? That was like the go-to. Uber. Airbnb. I'm going to get that quick, too, because I got to wait for the hotel trying to figure it out. I'm just going to go to somebody's. Do you know there's Airbnb in Terre Haute? Which I find funny, but right next to Hawthorne Park, you know. <laughs> Usually it's used for like cover bridge for people that are vendors. They, you know, go make money, rich house out for 10 days. 
But you don't have to do anything. You can get on your phone right now and order your food. And when you get out of church, you can roll up to Walmart or Kroger's. Been there, done that. And guess what? They will load it in the back of your car, and all you have to do is have child labor. Get your kids out and have them walk it into the house. <laughs> no patience. Nothing. Everything. We live in this app world where it's just, I want it now. I want this quick. I want it. And if we're waiting, we're breaking up. Everything's a mess waiting. <laughs> we don't want to wait for anything. If we could, we would try to download the app that said stamina. And try to push it to see if it would help us have the stamina we need. I mean, because it's a quick fix, right? If I had the app, it would help me. The app is going to help guide me there. No one wants to have stamina to finish. And, and the reality is that they're trying to find other options. Most of us say... We want to be delivered from everything. Man, I just want to be delivered from it. But God has taken us through it so He can develop the muscle you need to do whatever He's called you to do. He's like, I don't want you to be delivered from it. I want to deliver you through it so you can get stronger. So you can make it. So you can have that grit and that stamina in your life. So that when you face it next time, it's not even going to phase you. But too many times we're praying for deliverance from something. That we'll never face. And then when we face it, because we, we feel like we did we got delivered from it, we don't know how to face it. And we fall apart. But when you face it, can I tell you something real quick? Being a Christian, you're going to have problems. Things are going to happen. I don't know where this, this lie is where, like, if I'm a Christian, nothing's happening. I'm not going to go through any hard times in my life. You will. All different levels, all different seasons. The ups and downs. You could be a young adult. A young adult, you could be... At a place later to have children and then when your children are older and they're all gone, you're back at a different place being alone and not even knowing how to exist because that's all you've done your whole life. Trying to figure out the next phase of your life. God wants to take you through it so he can develop the muscle to last in it. I think the question is, is do you have the stamina to get through it? To get through what he's called you to get through what, that, that, that you know that you can make it through it. It could seem so hard, and, and I'm telling you, I can't deny or say anything. I'll plead the fifth, but from Wabash Avenue to this church, I, it was four minutes for me when my daughter did something to her back or whatever happened, what was supposed to happen. And I had to for real dig deep. Can't say that a couple red lights went blurry on me. And I ran as hard as I could. And when I got through the yard, I ran as hard as I could to the back. Because, listen, you can say I struggle with stamina, but I'm telling you, when your kid is involved in something, you will run, you will break walls, you will just climb cars, you will climb a tree, you'll do whatever it takes. You will find that crazy strength to run as fast as you can to get to where that child is. Everybody can have stamina in their life. You just got to dig for it. We have too many people that want to bypass stamina, bypass endurance. They want to be discovered overnight. They want to be the next voice, the next idol, the next reality show. They want to be the next trendy, whatever, the next YouTuber. No stamina, no putting them in the work. 
given up when it's hard. If I can just get discovered, if I can just have this many followers, and if I can just make something that's going to trend, I can, I can be no, no hard work putting in. Guys, this is what we live in today. Just giving up. Giving it because you can't be consistent in what you're doing. I'm not saying those things are wrong. You have to have stamina to do anything you want to do. Anything you want to accomplish. Anything you want to achieve. The deal is, Jesus wants you to have stamina and have endurance. We have too many people that don't even know what stamina is if they tripped over it right in front of the face. People are being medicated out of stamina and endurance. And won't do a thing. People are getting pulled out or you're pulling yourself out of the ability to withstand anything. Well, if it's hard, I'm just going to pull myself out of that situation. Because I don't have the stamina in my life. People are getting trophies because they're born. Getting trophies for participating. Not having to go through anything. Endurance, strength, to keep going when it's hard, that's what stamina means. Getting a trophy, and I struggle with that. I'm probably the worst parent on the court. Getting a trophy just to participate. Well, we're just not keeping score. I'm keeping score. Oh, you guys did a good job. You could have done better. Y'all lost. <laughs> because now we have a generation of people that are afraid, young and old. When we say generation, we're just not talking about young. We're in this one generation we're in right now. Some of y'all don't want to offend your kids. Get over that. Get some backbone about yourself. And everybody gets a... Because we have participated, everybody wins. How else do you grow and get stronger and be better if everybody's just going to win all the time? And too many times, too many times there is not enough stamina doing anything. Too many times. So uh, yeah, I'm that parent. I'm like, come on, you can do that. Play harder. Jump higher. You cannot rebound if you do not jump. <laughs> and everybody stares at me. I take my shirt off. What? What's up? <laughs> Look, the struggle's real. Y'all privately do weird stuff. I publicly yell. <laughs> but. Like my son, he, and I love him, he loves playing basketball. So he has to fight for what he wants because at this age we're praying that, you know, he'll grow it. He went to school early, so he's a smaller kid in his class. But he's getting better with his crossover. He's getting better with his spins. He's getting better with his shot. And so Nana's pool's open. And Zion's diving and back diving and flipping and get sunburned on his shoulders. Dad, I can't play basketball. <laughs> I'm burnt, I can't even. 
I don't know if any other parent is spiritual like I am, and I'm like, suck it up. And I hear some parents say, suck it up, buttercup. I don't know what the buttercup is, but whatever. Buttercup game. I'm like, suck it up, son. It doesn't matter how bad it hurts. We're going to try to take care of it. But we did tell you, put that shirt on so you're not going to burn. But you're going to have to get, I don't know if I can do this. So what does that look like, son? If I just say, you know what? You can stay home. You're just a little burnt. And then it'll be okay. The other team, the team won't be okay without you. No. But too many times as adults, we have this spiritual sunburn and we're out. We're out of, out of everything. I can't serve. I can't help. I can't do anything. I don't even want to come to church. I'm just so burnt today. And we're so easily manipulated by all of our surroundings. Oh, my belly hurts a little bit. I better stay home. Seriously? You're the one eating five pieces of pizza and some iced tea before you go to bed. Yeah, that's going to hurt. <laughs> but why don't we put God, in, put God over to the side because of our own selfishness and our own problems that we can fix ourselves. So anyway, I better get off on that because I'm feeling heavy up here. It's weird. But Zion, man, he got burnt. All that stuff happened. And you know what? He did play and that off and on you were single. and doing all the other stuff you do. We're running. We're running until we can't breathe anymore. But nobody has the stamina to do anything anymore. Not at all. Not at all because they get, they get to a place where I just can't. I just give up. It's just too hard. And we have to move forward and pass that. They're waiting. They want the instant promotion. They want the instant success. They want the quick fix in their life. Anything that needs stamina Anything that needs enduring, people are out. When it, even, even hearing this, this word today, it's kind of like, well, well, you know. People are out. And I, I want to say one thing. Don't be out. Don't even be out in your mind right now. Take it all in. Because God wants you to last. Don't give up. You've already done that. How'd that work for you? The times you've given up when you should have had the stamina to make it. How'd that go for you? Don't just be real about it. I know how it went for me. It was horrible. I know I could have made it. And I gave up. And guess what I had to do? Man, I feel like I went down this road last time. He's like, well, you can make it down this road. Let's try it again. Come on, you can make it. You can get down the road. Well, it's just too hard. I can't. Well, I'm out of my friendship. It's too hard. My friendship's too hard, so I'm just out. Well, I'm out of my marriage. It's just too hard. Well... It's not going my way. Not that there's things that happen in marriages and stuff, but too many times people are just out. You would be shocked to know how many people got divorced during 2020 because they had to spend time together. Come on. You know, we just do our thing. 
they, they do their thing and the kids do their thing and, and now we're stuck all together doing stuff. We can't stand it. We're just done. It's, it's not going to work. And we're easily done. Easily out. I'm out of my job. It's just getting too hard. <laughs> my boss yelled at me. So I'm, I'm, I, don't, I think I'm going to walk off because I can't handle that pressure. It just gets me. You got to go through it. You got to run hard. And yeah, is it right that people yell? No. But you got to take a deep look at yourself and say, why are they yelling? I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, but you have to take some kind of criticism in your life. And if it doesn't apply to you, let it roll off. Don't hold on to it. Baby it, feed it, grow it. Let it go. Tired. I just can't make it. I don't have the stamina to make it. I'm just tired. And then we blame God that we didn't get to the finish line to fulfill our destiny. It had nothing to do with God. It had everything to do with us because we refused to have stamina and endurance in our life. Everything to do with us. There was this guy, I was looking stuff up about stamina and this, this popped up. I'll, I'll tell you this real quick. There was this huge race. It's the largest, I guess you would say, ultra marathon in the world, on the earth, whatever. Where they're running like, what, what did I write it down somewhere? Over 543 miles. Like the biggest race ever. You know how long you have to train? When people go through the Olympics, I mean, they're training for years just to get to this spot and win these each deals and all this stuff. You're talking training for a long time to run. And this was in Australia in the 80s. And this, um, this race was with, it was pretty much elite from all over the world. Who can last in this race? Who can make it through this race? Basically, I think it was from Melbourne, uh, from Sydney to Melbourne. And it was like 543 miles. It's five days. And it, the, the idea was is you ran 18 hours and you slept six. Five days straight. Five days, this race. And in, it was in 1983, this guy named Cliff Young. This guy was a potato farmer. This guy was 61 years old. And so this guy, Cliff Young, arrives to the race. Now you're talking about the race, the average person is under 30 years old. They're wearing the get-up, they got their Adidas on, they got whatever it is, they got their whatever's gonna help them be fast and get through it. They got all the stuff they they have trained their body to be hardcore to last through this race. This guy, 61 years old, rolls up. He rolls up with bibs, work boots that are kind of like water boots. And I guess he did even said in the thing, you can look this up, that he uh, took his teeth out because they would rattle if he would try to run. Um, we appreciate your teeth in today. Amen. Um, he said he took, so he had no teeth in because it would rattle if he ran. You know, um, and so his teeth are out. He's wearing these boots. He's got his bibs on. He's got his uh, pants and all that kind of stuff on. And the media and, and all those people are making fun of him. And they're like, well, I want to try to run this. I, heard, I always hear about it. Why can't I try it? And they're eating him alive like this guy. He's at the wrong race, you know, like, should be racing turtles, you know what I mean? Like, get over here, you know. He's at the wrong race. And uh, 
So he's at this race, and before running the race, the press is, you know, of course, all over him. Um, and he tells the press, he's like, I can try to do this. You know, I, I'm a potato farmer, but I'm also a sheep farmer, and uh, we own a thousand acres, and it takes me three days to round up the sheep, because we can't afford to have a sheep dog or any kind of equipment, this and that. I personally have to run around and catch these sheep, and it takes me three days, and I do it for three days straight. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Wrong race, but there is no sheep here, you know. And so, um, so the race begins, and he starts running. Everybody takes off, and I don't know if you've ever walked in shoes like that that are just a little floppy. You can't get far, and you know how the news is, and the cameras like, all right, oh boy's up in the lead, blah blah blah, and then it pans back like twenty miles back. Cliff Young is uh, trying to wrap around the first corner, you know, like. Cliff Young's always 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles back. Everybody's bucking at this. Yeehaw. And so what happens is, is Cliff is ignorant to what's really going on. And show a picture of Cliff. I got one if it's up there. Uh, that's Cliff Young. Um, so what was weird about Cliff is by the time Cliff got there in the middle of the night in the run, everybody's asleep for their six hours. Cliff didn't have a clue about the sleeping part. He, he didn't even, everybody was all over him about his outfit and about why are you 61 trying to run a race. And so Cliff just kept running. However, he was running and didn't stop to the point that he broke the world record and beat everybody by 10 hours because he just didn't think he needed to rest because he didn't know that was what you were supposed to do. There was no rule that you had to. It was just smart to rest because you're not gonna, you're not gonna get through that. And so he went by 10 hours beating the top runner in the world, a 61 year old man, 61 year old man. So at the end, they're like, you know, there was a prize and all this stuff's going on. And they're like, well, he was all weirded out by it. It said that he didn't even know there was a prize and he felt so bad to accept the prize because all those other five runners or whoever else were very good. They worked so hard that he actually split up his money and gave it to all the runners and didn't take a dime. He felt so bad that he beat them. Because he didn't know how that was going to go. And at the end, the media wanted to talk to him and say, how, how, did you, how did you do this? How did you win? How did you do this? He said, well, I just didn't stop. Well, I just kept going. I just kept going. Because he did not stop that first night, he stayed ahead of the game the whole time. And nobody really knew that he was already way ahead. Beating it within well, 10 hours. Already when he broke the world record, I don't think anybody's broken since, that he did not stop. And I kept thinking about this story, and I'm thinking, you know what it's going to take for us to win? We can't stop. we got to keep running. For us to keep moving forward, we have to keep running. We have to have stamina in our private time. Stamina in our church. That's how we're gonna win. That's because we have grit. When everybody else is sleeping, you're still moving. 
When everybody else is off because it's too hard, you're still steady. Steady as they go. You want to win? Don't stop. The moment you stop is where your setback happens. Don't stop. I think it's time to start telling the devil, I'm not stopping. Devil, I'm not stopping. You're not going to stop. I don't care what you use. And yeah, even try to do something and put my kid in front of me. It's not going to stop me. Whatever the situation, it's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to have stamina. I'm going to have stamina in the church. But see, the problem is the first sign of pain, we're offended. The first sign of pain, we're offended. The first sign of being hurt or people hurt me, we're offended and we're out. Be a Christian for four seconds and you will be offended. Real fast. It happens. So many people don't have the stamina to make it through. They'll revert back to giving up. Back. And it sets them back. Then pushes them forward to their future. He wants you to have stamina. He wants you to toughen up. I think it's like that. It's time to toughen up. It's time to just go for it. It's time to say, you know what? I have stamina. I'm going to make it through this. And that, that, that letter, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, that letter was written to people that have been persecuted. That letter was just not a, not a little fun letter that we can just read about. They were being persecuted. People that lost their position, pushed away from their families because they denounced what they were doing and called themselves Christians. They were Jewish Christians, and that didn't make any sense. So they were being persecuted. They were being pushed away. And so he's telling them this, this Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3, that we've been reading. It's not easy to be a Christian, especially in the culture we live in today. Being morally pure when our culture is not. And, in, and somebody that wants to hold standards. But yet somebody doesn't want to have stamina. It's challenging to have, I'm going to have a standard. I'm going to stay pure. When the culture is all going against the other way, saying, no, don't have stamina, just do whatever you want. It's not easy to stand and hold true to the Bible. Even when everybody else is breaking up the word of God and diluting it. When people are breaking it up and just applying what they want to apply in the moment. It's not easy. You have to stand on the word of God. You have to have stamina. It's not easy to stand up from the crowd when the reward is going with the crowd. In the midst of all of that, the writer of Hebrews, these people who are being persecuted, who are being murdered because they chose to Call themselves a Christian. It just wasn't something that was tough in the Bible. We're dealing with it now. Look at how many people are for the, the cause of Christ. We see it overseas. We see it even in our own country. We see it in our neighborhoods. People being made fun of. People are being persecuted for their faith. And too many times people do not want to have stamina. They'd rather pull back and give up. 
The temptation not to press in. The temptation not to serve as much. Not to give as much. Not even to have stamina to even come to church. Let alone have a heart for God's house. The temptation just to pull back. The temptation not to be all in. When it comes to heart and spirit. Too many times we have the temptation not to be all in. Because we have other options to think. What if it doesn't work out? When you walk by faith, there's no other option. You're all in or you're all out. But we have too many people walking the line and going left and right. And that's what Jesus says in that one scripture. He's like, I'll throw you up out of my mouth. You're either hot or cold. The temptation not to be all in when it comes to living in biblical, ethical life and not a worldly value life. It's so easy not to have stamina. It's so easy just to say, I just can't do it. It takes work to have stamina. It takes work to have grit. It's so unreal how many people turn their backs on God. Pastor Josh talked about it last week about however many thousands a week of pastors that just give up, that just throw in the towel. They ring the bell. They ring it out. They turn their backs on God. Turn your backs on themselves, even because it's hard. You turn your back on yourself, thinking you can't do it, but God's got a plan for you to do something great. It's going to affect more than you, but the people around you. But then you turn your back on it, and you're not doing anything. God wants you to have stamina. The problem is, we want to download instant abilities to get through everything. We want to find the cheat code to make it through we want to look it up. See, before it was like you had to find a book. How'd you get through Contra? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. You know, how'd you get through Super Mario Brothers and hide through the wall? And how'd you get the extra life? And how'd you do it? On, you know what I'm saying? Like a long time ago, it was finding a book. Now you can go online and find any cheat code because nobody wants to try to make it and try to figure it out. We want to go ahead and just jump over to like, okay, I found it. No, you didn't. Somebody else did and you stole it. And we want to have, be rewarded for not doing anything. See what God says? He says, he says, no. You have to build a Christ-likeness into your thoughts so you can have stamina. That's the goal of Christianity. What we've done in the past 10 to 20 years is try to bypass the sanctification process. Sanctification means to be set apart, sanctified, set apart. We try to bypass that process. Try to become, sanctification is trying to become more like Jesus, to do what he did. But the problem is we want to get a worldly awards, get accepted, get position, get title, and we bypass being set apart for Christ. People are missing it. The goal is to run the race set before you. To have endurance through it. To have stamina through it. What is God saying? It is not about how much you're going to do for me, but how much like me will you become. It's not how much you're going to do for God, but how much like him will you become. I think the problem is, is we got our mindset different on thinking that we have to do, do, do all this stuff for him. He just wants you to be like him. And we have it mixed up. 
That's what he wants to know. How much like him will you become? And somewhere along the line, as believers, we have lost sight about it. About the whole thing. The more you become like him, the more you start to do more for him. You have to have stamina. You have to have grit. You have to have determination. You have to have courage. You have to have perseverance. If you do not know what the goal of Christian, of this Christian deal is, I'll say it like this, you're not going to make it. What's the goal to be? If you do not know what that is, you will not make it. Because the devil is like a roaring lion, just like in Revelation 12, 12, it talks about it. That the enemy knows his time is short and he's going to do whatever it takes to separate you. We know we live in a crazy world. Can we all agree on that today? It's crazy. We live in a crazy world. And it's gone to a new level of crazy. And all the enemy wants to do is separate you. Not to give you, not to, for you to have stamina or anything. People walking around not knowing if they're coming or going. Just existing. Giving up. Questioning everything. No stamina to finish. And can I say this? And you can tweet this. You can do whatever you want. But just to remind your soul and yourself that God is not the author of confusion. I think we forget that when we're all confused and things are going. He is not the author of that. And if you're confused, you need to really check yourself. If the enemy... And undermine the word of God and undermine the strength and the conviction of a believer. And we're walking around like basically punch drunk. Punch drunk is like a series of heavy blows to the head. No stamina in their life. The problem is we can't help the world we act just like. That's the problem we face. Just because everyone around you is going crazy doesn't mean you have to go crazy too. Maybe you're wondering, how do I get through this? How's, how do I get this stamina? Verse 1 says, let us. I love what it says in that in Hebrews. Let us, not let God. Let us lay aside the weight and the sin that have easily. Let us. Not let, oh girl, let us, let us individually lay aside. I think you just have to drop it. We've talked about it. You have to drop it. And honestly, I don't know what it is you're carrying. There are things causing you to feel worried, causing you to have no stamina. The enemy does not want you to have grit in your life. Some of you get so consumed with the news and your surroundings and even your own self, so consumed with the things that are going on. You haven't learned to pray. Properly put it in the hands of the Lord. You have to realize you're a part of a community. You're a part of a community of believers, even here at Ripon. If you feel isolated, you put yourself there. That's tough. You're a part of a community. Just like giving. 
You have to have stamina to do it. To do it when it's hard. When stamina, where stamina kicks in, you realize that your financial breakthrough is when you start giving at a different level than just barely maintaining what, I'll just do this. You want a breakthrough in your life? Give at a different level where faith is activated. Now we've got quiet. So you don't know what it feels like being a pastor. Whoo, Jesus. But you have to give. You can keep giving at the normal level, but as you have done that, now you feel weighted, feel like an anchor. Your own giving is the barrier to your breakthrough. Maybe it was a big thing then, but now it's like where God has you and he wants to advance you, but you have to learn to give where you're not comfortable. Because he's that good. And he wants you to have increase. It's too easy to talk yourself out of this. Too easy to not try. Too easy to have somebody else try for you. You have to have stamina to get through it. And I said this a little bit last week, but stamina to me is like basically what the teacher already trained you to do. When you're on the last leg of the race, the teacher's not going to come out when you're running and try to run beside you and tell you, he's going to cheer you on from the side. You're going to remember what he already said or she said. And you're going to move forward through that. And you're going to push as hard as you can because the finish line's right over there. You're not going to just tiptoe and just skip. You're going to run as fast as you're, you're right within reach. You're going to give all in that. And what's the crazy thing is, is Jesus Christ is the greatest teacher you could ever have in the world. He's the one that's going to keep you moving, to keep you running. We can talk about church life. The church going to another level. And, and, and that depends on whether you're actually sowing in the level or serving in this level. You can't put on another service if you can't manage the service you have right now. Does that make sense? You can't serve at another level if you're not managing to serve at the level you're at right now. It takes stamina. I just want more. I want to be used. Be faithful with what you have now. Just like anything else. If we did not, when we started that Easter egg hunt, when we were first trying to figure out things for our city, and if we did not be faithful and do a good job there, we could not do it at the level we're doing it now. We would still be stuck at Collett Park doing something with a couple people and a couple pieces of chocolate. We're at such a different level, that don't even make any sense to me anymore. But because we're faithful with it, God keeps advancing us in it. We have the stamina to make it through it no matter what the size is. Taking on thousands of people. Almost taking on 10% of our city. Isn't that like a tithe? We'll take them on. <laughs> you have to understand what is okay here might not be okay there. What was working here might not be working there. You have to have stamina. You keep hearing me say this. I'm almost done. 
you really have to look at yourself and ask yourself why I'm still stuck in a position I'm stuck in. Did I truly have the stamina to get through it? Did you truly have it to get through it or are you just repeating the same cycle in a different form because you haven't learned to have stamina yet? People have trouble with the word sin. This is all stamina. People have trouble with the word some places. They don't understand what that means. We have the wrong understanding of the word sin. In the church, especially people who uh, view it from the world standards, they have trouble with the word sin. Outside of church, we are also so scared to mention it because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to have the stamina to make it for what God called us to do. We have trouble with the word sin because we're afraid of the offense. What we've done is confuse tolerance with endorsement. Because we don't want to offend nobody. See, when Jen was in the hospital, and we were trying to figure out what was going on with her life, and we were trying to figure out the different things that she was facing, and some of it was pinpointed by allergies. So you have no clue, like, maybe you're like, man, that girl's a little over the top. How she praises and worships. You have no idea what she's been through. You have no idea how many surgeries she's had on her throat. She shouldn't be singing at all. She should be hand signaling. Because she wasn't going to let it stop her. And it was almost to a point, and now she was having the acid reflex, and she was having all this stuff, and it was getting ready to be cancerous cells. you got to have the stamina to get through that. And we were fighting through it. But finding out that she was allergic to a lot of stuff that was activating that and activating that in her stomach and activating so many things. We didn't need a doctor, just as an example, we didn't need a doctor to come in and tell us it was just a cold. You know what you're dealing with? Just a cold. Even though he knows it is allergies and you're allergic to this, 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 this. And he's just going to tell us it's just a cold. We didn't need a doctor telling us it was something different. It was just a cold. Because he didn't want to offend us by telling us what it really was. We didn't need a doctor making up something because he was afraid to offend us by telling us she had allergies. Telling us, that, well, if you just take a Tylenol, that will make it better. The doctor could be put in jail for malpractice. The doctor knew what the problem was. He knew he had the cure for the problem. But because he didn't want to offend us, he would tell us it was just a cold. He'd rather misdiagnose her and give her a cure that would kill her because he didn't want to offend her. Now the doctor didn't do that. And the doctor shouldn't do that. But you see what we deal with with sin? Do you see what we deal with when we, we, want, we don't want to say nothing because we don't want to give them the right... We know what the problem is and we know how to help it, but we don't want to talk about it. So we give them something else. That's the truth. I'll say it like this. I can say that I could be more like a spiritual doctor for the soul. 
God has called me to be a minister of the body of Christ. So, I cannot say something is when it is not. Or say something's not when it is. So telling a generation you have nothing to repent of. There is no such thing as sin. You can do whatever you want. When you want. It is killing you. It's killing you. I'm not saying that there is any sin that is not forgiven. Every sin is. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that sets us free. But the lack of grit is killing a generation. The lack of grit is killing somebody. We're, we're saying something and we're, we don't want to offend so we don't say it like this. It's killing a generation. And listen, I'll be real. I'm a product of His grace. Christ set me free. I shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be in this room. My family shouldn't be here. My family shouldn't even be together. But because of His grace, we're here. Because of His grace, we're here. And listen. Pretending your unforgiveness, your bitterness, your gossip, your slander, your gluttony, and your sexual immorality, it's okay. It's killing you. Pretending all that's okay is killing you. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. We have to have grit. You have to listen. And you, you, even if you don't want to listen to me, listen to the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it through Galatians. Read it through Timothy. Read it through the Bible. It's listed in there. It talks about it all. I say it like this. Jesus loves you and he wants you to be set free. Jesus loves you and he wants you to have stamina. That's right. There's life beyond bondage to freedom. That's the good news. If people would understand that it's good news and not judgmental negative news, they would be proclaiming it, speaking it, instead of hiding it. Too many times people are calling it judgmental. Why hide it then? If it's truly the good news, why aren't you sharing it? Because somebody's breakthrough is just right outside of your mouth. Open your mouth, share the good news. And it helps set somebody free. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, Hebrews said to lay aside the weight and the sin, especially clinging so closely. It's amazing how the body of Christ, how we want to justify things as Christians. We're not gossiping. We're just calling and talking about other people's prayer needs now. Is it really gossip? It's not cheating. It's not really lying. It's just a white lie. So what? God's called him lying now? Just a little white lie. How we justify so much. To have stamina, you have to drop it. To have stamina, you have to let it go. Let go of the baggage. He said to run your race set before us. To run the race set before us. We have a generation. This is the problem. We have a generation. It is hard to run a race set before you when you are so busy comparing yourself to everybody else's race. 
You're comparing yourself to everybody else's race and you cannot go forward when you look sideways. You cannot go forward when you look behind you. You have to run the race set before you, not before them. If they run like I should run like that. If they're doing I should do that. God didn't create clones. He created you. You are unique in yourself. Quit comparing yourself to everybody else. Well, if they do that, I need to do that. If they do that, I need to. Well, we should do that. We, and then we're, we got this high. We live in this weird high. And like, it, it just doesn't stop. Boy, I guess. Like, some people are so afraid to be alone. They always have to be with somebody. Always be doing something. Like, can you have a moment? Always comparing. A lot of us are not running the race set before us because we're too busy scrolling through everybody else's life. If you stop scrolling through everybody else's life, you can actually start living your own life. I mean, if you look at social media, what do you do? You don't scroll through your own feed. You feed your mind with everybody else's crap. When you wake up, is that the first thing on your mind? I wonder what happened on Facebook. Quit comparing. Start living your life. I'm not saying these things are bad. They're tools. They can get so overwhelming. Big time. Stop scrolling. Live your life. Remember I preached a sermon? Worry about yourself. Worry about you. Quit worrying about everybody else. Y'all have so much anxiety and some touches of depression. How the heck do you going to worry about somebody else's part when you can't even worry about your own? You know what I mean? Like, we get so caught up with everybody's affairs. Yes, I went to Fifth Street. It's okay. I'll drink the crap out of those. That's why I'm skinny now. How <laughs> oh, people are so worried about where everybody's at. Oh, you went over there. Why are you over there? What are you doing over there? Who cares? I'll go for one. You ever notice that like people are so worried about where everybody else is doing and don't want to worry about themselves? Like just worry about you and your thing. I get if somebody's doing something and it's like, oh man, he's in the burnt house. Let's go get him. No, it's just like I'm at home doing my thing or I'm over here at the store. Why is he at the store? I thought he was going over there. They said they were going over there. I can't believe they're over there. Why wouldn't they come? <laughs> and and what we think is, and, and it has been a great thing, connecting with people you haven't connected with a long time, but it could be a trap too. You can't, it's, it's just a huge diary. You get to read everybody's problem and people put it on purpose so you will read it and get a response because negative attention is still attention. And we don't have the stamina to do stuff, but we have enough, I guess, in a negative way to post something so, so we can get some kind of, God wants you to have it for Him. Not for anybody else, for Him alone. And when you do, it, it, you start to realize when you have that stamina to move forward, he starts to focus your heart on others. Not with your, your intentions, with his intentions. Man. Woo! Amen. All righty. Daniel, you can come up. Because if, if you don't come up, I'm going to leave. I'd rather than leave when I pray. Then. I'm glad you're going to Can you make it spiritual, though? Yeah. <laughs> I'm messing with you guys. Listen. Yeah. 
I think I would say it like this. Some of you need to stop despising the race set before you and start running it. We, too many times we just like, I gotta run that race. How many of you hated to do that in gym class in junior high, run that track, and you had to do it four times? You're like, is that, that's only one? <laughs> and, we're, and, and, and we're good at the beginning, aren't we? We're like, oh, I'm going. And halfway through, you're like, When you start running the race set before you, you start to get where God wants you to go. Here's the ultimate. I'm going to end with this. And that scripture's so good, but here's where the problem lies. How, how to uh, fix your eyes on Jesus. It, it says that, that, that you need to have endurance, but you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. And like we said last week, too many of us put our eyes on the situation. Too many of us put our eyes on the problem. Listen, when I walked back in those woods, ran back, I had more breath than I did. If I was running back last year at this time, boy, you found me with an ambulance. <laughs> and I put my eyes on the situation with it mangled and hurt everywhere. I wouldn't have ran any race. I would have been sideways. I would have been a mess. I still was hurt. I still was worried. But my eyes were on Jesus because he is the only thing that's going to fix any of them. Like, God, I'm running the race you set before me. Why is this happening back here? Why is it on the news? Why are they taking pictures when they're supposed to be saving their life? Why is this happening? That's not my race. But see, when you're running a race, you're going to have different obstacles you have to go through in the race. It's set before you. Are you going to get strong through it? Are you going to make it through it? You have to fix your eyes on Jesus. And listen, this is so important with the day we live in today. For real. With our phones. We put our eyes on our phones to solve our problems. And listen, I'm all about tech and I'm all about the phones. This ain't like bashing phones and people using cell phones and stuff. I'm all about it. But I'll tell you this, you better have victory over it or it'll control you. You better know how to balance it out or it's going to control you. This race isn't just a race of muscle or even physical muscle. This race is a fight for your eyes. Running any race, but it says to fix your eyes on Jesus. Now, if I fix it on anything else, I will not be able to fulfill the race. This race you're living from, I, I hope you're paying attention to this. It is all about your eyeballs. And guess what? Everybody is fighting for your eyes. Think about it. How many views did you get? How many views was this? How many people viewed that? How many people? This race, everybody, everybody is trying to fight for your eyes. Everybody is trying to shift your eyes off of who Jesus is. The entertainment. 
industry, marketing, even a cause. Well, I'm going to fight for this cause. It's going to sh shift your eyes on Jesus. Everybody wants to shift your eyes to something else. Everything is being measured by how many views, by how many eyes are watching. Everything now. It's a different kind of measurement. But if I can get enough views, then this is going to happen, and I can get this, and I can... Everybody wants your eyes. Every time you view something on social media, that's another set of eyes that, that, that goes up on their deal, and they can get more money, and they, everybody wants your attention. They want your eyes focused on it. Do you think that the devil doesn't know what's going on? He's laughing. He knows exactly what's going on. When, when the Word of God says, keep, focus your attention on Jesus, keep your eyes on Jesus, of course He's all about it. That's why, that's why it says repeatedly through the Scriptures, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because where you look, you will go. Where you look, you will go. What you behold, you become. What you behold, you will come, become. So you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to have stamina. It's not going to be easy. Stop comparing. Stop scrolling. Stop looking. It's not easy. I'm being real. It's not easy. I'm not even saying that it is easy. But you have to have stamina. Because something else wants your attention. Something else wants your eyes off of Christ. We better have some endurance. We better have some determination. We better have some courage. We better have some grit. We have to keep going because it's going to keep heating up and it's not going to get cooler. It's going to keep heating up. Why can we do it? Because Jesus ran the ultimate marathon. Jesus ran the ultimate marathon. Stand with me. Jesus ran the ultimate marathon. That's how we can do it. Jesus is the prime example. Who do we become like? Christ. Who do we fix our focus on? Christ. He's the prime example. When everything goes to the side, when, when you want to give up, keep going. Because, listen, I'm going to say it like this. I wrote it down. I'm going to say it how I wrote it. The same spirit in Bethlehem, that was God with us. That same spirit at Calvary, that was God for us. That same spirit today, that is God in us. Amen? The same spirit that lives on the inside of us. He's the one who gives us the power to, to do this. Because we cannot do this ourselves. Jesus is the one we fix our eyes on. The one who was tempted and endured. The one after 40 days was tempted and had stamina to get through it. When his family didn't understand him. Jesus' family did not understand him. What was going on? When he was young, being in the temple, when he was young. Can I set some mamas free real quick?
Look, Jesus' mom lost her son for three days. So if you lost your kid in a, in a store or something, you're still liberated right now. Jesus was lost from his mama for three days. And then she got to him and he's like, woman, I'm about my father's business. And I'm thinking, woman, man, if my kid to call my wife woman. Are you kidding me? But he said, see, they didn't understand him. But he still had stamina. He was about his father's business and still endured. When they tried to, or when they had no clue, the, the, the disciples had no clue what was going on. These misunderstood disciples. They misunderstood him, but he still had the stamina. When the Pharisees lied about him, he had stamina to endure it. When disciples became, started to fall away from him, he still had the stamina. When they kept sleeping, when he kept saying, are you going to stay awake? He still had the stamina. When the Sadducees conspired, to trap him, he still had stamina. When Judas betrayed him with 30 lousy pieces of silver, he still had stamina. When he was pleading with God in the garden, saying, I don't want to do this. Can this cup pass? Can this, would, it, would you take this cup from me? Even when God didn't take the cup from him and didn't give him what he wanted, didn't come through with it. Did you, you ever been there when you didn't get what you wanted? When he felt like God didn't come through, but in the end, that particular situation, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He still had stamina to go through it. When the temple guard arrested him, he still had stamina to go through it. When the 11 disciples scattered, he still had stamina to go through it. When he went through six illegal trials, he still had stamina to get through it. When Pilate handed him over to the crowd, he still had stamina to get through it. When Peter denied him, he still had stamina to get through it. When the crowd cried, crucify him, he still had stamina to get through it. When the soldier mocked him and ridiculed him, he still had stamina to get through it. When they whipped him beyond recognition, he still had the stamina to get through it. When all the focus and all the forces of hell came against him, he still had stamina to get through it. When Jesus absorbed the sins of humanity, he still had stamina to get through it. And when he cried out, it is finished, he still had stamina to get through it. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You have stamina to get through it. Therefore, we can run. Therefore, we can do it. We can have stamina. We can have grit. We can endure in Jesus' name. See, the devil wants to take you out of the race. It's not easy, but we can do hard things. Say it with me. I can do hard things. You can. You can have stamina. Because we're on a winning team with the greatest coach in history, Jesus. Let me read this last scripture and I want to pray. Hebrews 10, 35. See, this was said before we read the other one. 
So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are <laughs> destined for a great, re great reward. Don't lose it. You're destined for it. Don't lose it. You're destined for a great reward. I hope this helps somebody today. But I'm telling you, Jesus went through all he went through and had stamina because he had you in mind. He wants you to keep your focus on him. Keep your eyes on him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He knows what's best. And I'm telling you, all the enemy wants to do, listen, everybody's got your attention for your eyeballs. For real. Run your race. Live your life. He wants you. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have some holy cupcakes that will be in heaven someday. Hallelujah. And I pray that you have a great week. And a great, great, great day today. God, we thank you for this day. We're thankful for who you are. God, I've said what you've asked me to say. I've studied. Done my best. All we can do now, God, and all they can do is just apply it. All I can do is just apply it. God, I pray you touch us. Give us a stamina. Let us run the race focused on you. When everything wants our attention, God, just keep reminding us about you. Give us the stamina to make it so we can have the grit to get through life. God, let us realize because you know it. You created us. That we're stronger than we say we are. That we can do hard things. God, I pray you touch the people, God. You touch their hearts. You touch their mind. You touch their soul. Thank you for what you're doing in their life. Thank you for them being here. God, I pray for the four that are graduating from this place, that they have the stamina to make it through, have the grit, determination to get through life. God, give us all the strength, God, as we take on this week, even not knowing what might happen. But we can keep our eyes on you no matter what we face. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you.